Welcome to Six Weeks of Soul Care with Meg Lacey Vega and JJ Vega. We are living through a strange time of isolation and anxiety as we hunker down at home during the coronavirus pandemic. Some of us find our schedules empty with canceled plans and lost jobs and nothing to do. Others of us are having the exact opposite experience as life and work and school all collide under one roof. Whichever end of the spectrum you find yourself, it seems that we are all seeking new ways of surviving, of thriving, of sustaining ourselves, and of nurturing our souls in this new time. That is what six weeks of soul care is all about. Hello, you cool cats and kittens. Oh, no. <laughs> if you've been watching Tiger King, you will get that reference. Uh, we, we don't consider watching it a spiritual practice, but pure no, it, it may challenge your faith, but... <laughs> but it's some pure entertainment. It is. So, for the real topic that brings us here today, um, we're on week three. We're at the halfway mark of the wow. soul care series of the podcast and of the project how do you feel time flies when every day feels exactly the same <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right no this has been a lot of fun and hopefully it's been uh, valuable content for the folks that are listening i hope so too i have enjoyed thinking about these topics like it's been good for my soul to have something to rally around each week and Absolutely. to try to be mindful of as a way to connect with myself and God. Um, and we hope the same for you as you've been listening. Yes. So our topic this week is nourishing creativity. Mm. I feel like when I say that, there are some people listening that just deflate. <laughs> I'm not creative. This isn't for me. <laughs> yes, my dad would be one of those people. My mom actually probably too. They don't think of themselves as creative. So let's talk about what it means to be creative. Yeah. So I will open with a wonderful quote from Chase Jarvis, who I will talk more about later in the episode. He says, creativity is the practice of combining or rearranging two or more unlikely things in new or useful ways. Notice he does not say creativity is painting, creativity is writing, creativity is playing an instrument. He, he makes it pretty broad. And I think that's a really good place to start because we can immediately dispel the stigma and the cliche of Art equals creativity. Creativity, I think, is a principle that's used in art, but it's not necessarily just art. I think it can apply to any area of being a human being. Yeah, I like that definition a lot. I like the broadening of it. When I think about what is creativity, I think about things that are new and sometimes things that are new are things that are deeply old, right. but we're putting them together in new or different ways, um, that the act of creation is about bringing things together 
in patterns that they haven't been before. And that could be words, that could be images, that could be the movement of our body in dance or yoga. Um, it's not static in the way that we often think of art. It's, it's movement in a yeah. lot of ways. And I mean, think about getting different groups of people together in one space. That's an awesome creative act. Right. So. Even this project, the Soul Care Project, is yeah. a creative endeavor, but it's not linked to anything tangible that people can see. It's not visual art. Sure. <laughs> Which I think is what we're often thinking of when we're thinking of creativity. Yeah, neither of us consider ourselves podcasters by trade. We didn't go to podcasting school. Um, there's not a formal education process. And, and I think there's a great many formal processes to learn a specific craft or a trade where creativity is expressed, but it is not the only realm that we experience creativity. Sure. So how then is creativity spiritual? I have a number of thoughts about this, but why don't you share first? I have a lot of thoughts too. I think the act of creating is a way to draw near to the heart of God. I also think, especially if you take it from the Christian tradition, that we're made, or we're made in the image of God. So I guess we can start foundational. We're made in the image of God. I see God as ultimately a creative God, a creator God. So if we're made in the image of God, then we are made to be creators. So that's my foundational principle. And we'll talk about scriptures and traditions and teachers. But if you go to the Bible, I mean, the whole thing lays out that principle, that core truth to who we are in so many different ways. That God is always creating, that God is always doing something new to Mm -hmm. echo. I think it's Isaiah's language that God is always putting different things together as your definition you started with talked about. And that we as humans are doing the same thing. And that when we're at our best, when we're closest to God, we're really cooperating with God to move into the direction of a whole world, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. Um, So in that sense, creativity is inherently spiritual to me. What do you think? So... A couple of things come immediately to mind, um, just in the similarities of both creativity and spirituality. So they're both mysterious paths, right? Hmm. They both cause us to turn inward. Uh, Julia Cameron, who is the author of The Artist's Way, which is a, it's a book that was originally a class that's kind of like a 12-week deep dive into cultivating our creativity, talks about developing the ability to be creative, to listen to the creativity within us. Um, Our inner artists, as she calls them, is basically attuned to the same concept of connecting more deeply with God. That when we're listening to that voice in us, that creative spark, that is in some ways the divine spark. And that both invite us to um, get quiet and get deep and turn inward in a similar kind of way. But then come outward with an expression. Creativity is also impractical, that when we're creating art, it can be useful, but the goal is to create, not to do something productive, which I think is very parallel to the spiritual path. 
that often contemplative practices are inviting us to let go of ourselves as producers and people who commodify things. Thinking about what God says to the Israelites in Egypt, that they will have a day where they rest so that they will know that they are not what they produce. And I feel like creativity invites us into that same kind of space where we're doing something that's about beauty and goodness. Those aren't things that we can commodify in the same ways. Of course, Christians have been doing art forever. Some of the most important pieces of artwork, some that we saw when we were in Italy on our honeymoon, Mm -hmm. um, are the merging of artistry and Christianity. So thinking about Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel or Statue of David, thinking about the Vatican in Rome. How many rooms did we go through in the Vatican to get to the Sistine Chapel? Too many, Just some would say. <laughs> filled with religious art, right? Even the stained glass and tabernacle sanctuary, or the way that the sanctuary is structured, the architecture of it, is this merging, this melding of creativity and spirituality. The tradition that comes to mind the most, and then we'll jump in a little bit more to traditions and teachers and scriptures, um, is the Celtic Christian tradition. That the Celtic church long regarded not just visual art, but poetry and music and storytelling as methods for teaching truth and methods in which people could connect their mind and their spirit and their heart. Think about the Book of Kells, for example, which is this historic artistic rendering of the Gospels, and it's all in calligraphy. Hmm. And I remember seeing it and thinking, wow, talk about bringing God's word to life. That's doing something different. That's holding something sacred in a way that I hadn't seen before. So Christianity has a long history with creativity in all kinds of different forms. It seems like I've seen less of it recently. Really? I feel like I'm seeing more of it, especially in the digital age. There's so much more expression or channels or modes of expression. Um, I think maybe it's not showing up in the places that we expect it, but maybe it is showing up in some new and different ways. Sure, sure. Okay, so scripture, traditions, teachers, experiences, what forms the way that you think about creativity as a spiritual act and what it looks like to nurture and nourish creativity in your own life? Well, the spiritual path can often be the narrow path, the narrow gate. And the first uh, artist that I encountered who really introduced me to the idea that maybe creativity wasn't an easy path was a man named Stephen Pressfield who wrote a book called The War of Art. And he explicitly ties the act of creating with channeling the muse. So his interpretation of creativity is deeply spiritual. Uh, But basically he's preparing you that there's gonna be a resistance in the acts of creativity that you pursue. Just like the spiritual path. Exactly. Yeah. So they're really one and the same for him. So that was a, a real eye opener. Uh, you mentioned Julia Cameron, the, the writer of The Artist Way. And really, that's a handbook to creative um, rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. One of the core practices is just the act of writing pages that no one will ever see, that you don't edit. You don't even have to go back and read them again. And just taking that path teaches you to let go of the stigma and create, in a sense, as a spiritual act, it starts to clear all the gunk. So she was really formative. Mm -hmm. I mentioned uh, Chase Jarvis before. 
He's a brilliant modern artist. He's a photographer. So he, he writes a book called Creative Calling that's a little bit more for the modern age. And he's saying a lot of the same things that those other artists I mentioned uh, were saying. Then we get into our tradition, the Christian tradition, um, Genesis, the entire poem of creation. To me, it's when I was younger, I memorized Genesis. Uh, the whole book? The entire book. Yeah, not, it was a little against my will, but I did it. And I, th- not just the whole chapter, the whole book, the whole book of Genesis, 50 chapters. Yeah. Yeah. I spent weeks reading it. It's kind of an intense period of life, but regardless, it really laid a I blueprint. I have so many questions. I know this. that's going to be a different podcast series. <laughs> <laughs> um, that laid a foundation, you know, it's, it's just, it's about God creating existence. I mean, what gets more formative than that? Um, and I think the last thing I will mention before I pass the ball to you is the gospel. Um, in a sense, Jesus coming into the world, word becoming flesh, totally new, totally unexpected. One of the ultimate creative acts in human history. Yeah, putting two things together in a new way, putting God and humanity together in a right. new way is the incarnation. And God rejuvenating God's relationship with humanity in a way that no one could possibly expect coming mm. as close as God could possibly come is that to me, like you can always come back to that for, for the truth and evidence that our God's a creative God and that we are creative creatures. What do you think? What, what's your tradition, teachers, scriptures, sure. anchors? I think like you, Genesis 1 comes to mind immediately that we are created in God's image and invited to be co-creators with God. I feel like that's a lot easier easier for us to understand when we're children and we're like always creating things. And then somehow that gets worked out of us as we grow up. What a great point. Just if you want to know creativity, watch kids. Yeah, that's, that's right. Because they are always putting things together in ways you wouldn't <laughs> expect. And, and doing it in a very messy way, too. It's another core component of good creativity. Yeah, there you go. Um, I also think of the Psalms and Song of Songs, all of the poetry throughout the Bible. Yeah. Um, music, you know, make a joyful noise comes to mind. And not just physically literally make a joyful noise but what is the joyful thing that you can cultivate or create and offer to the world whether that's music or something else um i think about the creation of the temple and how detailed god's instructions to the people were that god was inviting them to take seriously the creation of this physical place because it was a representation of god's presence and the colors and the way things were cut and the types of wood that were used like that in itself is this creative act right that god's inviting the people to participate in you mentioned music and i wanted to give some honorable mention to some artists that I've grown up with mm. that really one connect me to God. So creativity is spirituality, but also are such great examples of how artistry can be transcendent. So favorite composer, Beethoven, when I was a kid, I started with my musical journey with Beethoven and John Williams, who composed the Star Wars soundtracks. Of course. And just, man, yeah, could go on for hours. Uh, then the Beatles, Here Comes the Sun, 
is the song that I always go to when I feel like I'm in the wilderness. And it always brings me back to God. And you want to talk about a set of musicians who change the world through their creativity. You don't really need to look much further. I appreciate that you mentioned those folks in particular because they're not all explicitly Christian. I think about a song by the Christian artist, Derek Webb, Mm -hmm. um, where he says, don't teach me about politics or government. Just tell me who to vote for. Don't teach me about truth or beauty. Just label my music. It reminds us or invites us to remember that anything that is deeply beautiful is connected to the beautiful heart of God, whether it's quote unquote Christian or not, um, that we draw those distinctions. God doesn't create those (laughs) distinctions. Um, Some teachers that come to mind for me are largely women, which is curious considering that most of the folks that we have referenced in the last three podcasts have been men. That primarily people talking about the contemplative vein of Christianity are a lot of men and a lot of Catholic men in particular. Um, But it was interesting to me that as I was sort of culling through some of my resources on this, that almost every single one of them was a woman and reminded me that I know women have been a part of this vein of the tradition for a long time, but their voices haven't always been heard. And this is one space where they have. So Jan Richardson comes to mind. We use her poetry and her blessings and worship a lot. Um, That's a good reminder that another version of creativity is liturgy. Like the way that we write the words that we use in worship is a creative act and a spiritual act. Um, She has a website called The Painted Prayer Book, and she also does visual art and um, is one of the first women that I saw kind of putting these things together in a way Um, that she was owning and saying, this is legitimate, not just, oh, I do creativity on the side. Hmm. Also, um, Christine Walters Painter, who um, lives in Ireland and leads pilgrimages, um, she has written, I think, 10 or 12 different books around different connections to contemplative life, monastic life. She has a website called abbeyofthearts.com, She's got a few books that are specifically about creativity and spirituality. One is called The Artist's Rule, Nurturing Your Creative Soul with Monastic Wisdom. So the idea of the monastic rule, a rule of life that one follows in order to be a part of the community, that there's an artist's rule, I think is really (laughs) intriguing. Um, She also has The Eyes of the Heart, Photography as a Christian Contemplative Practice, Um, which you mentioned photography earlier, and that's one that I hadn't really thought much about. Like, how are we um, seeing differently through a lens? And she talks about the ways in which the language we use around photography is so violent. Like, (laughs) I take and I capture and I... All of, like all of these like kind of aggressive words. Oh wow, yeah. And I so she she invites photographers to instead of being so aggressive and trying to capture the right moment, to experience, to witness, to have even different language for the ways that we talk about that craft. The thing that has stuck with me the most though is a conversation that Audrey Assad offered at Animate, the camp that the youth at Tabernacle go to, um, 
five or six years ago. This would have been the summer that I met Tabernacle, that I met Sterling and Judy and some of the students before I ever came as a staff member. And Audrey Assad, who is a singer-songwriter, she lives in Nashville. We've used some of her music in worship. Some of our theme songs that we've had for various liturgical seasons have been written by her. She gave this lecture. Well, it wasn't even really a lecture. It was like a combination of storytelling and sitting at the piano and then sharing really deep, wonderful thoughts for like an hour and a half. And every student, I think, could have listened to her for longer because she was so compelling. But the theme of her talk was the relationship between creativity and discipline which I think was surprising for a lot of students. Like they go to this camp, Animate, it's about worship arts, it's about getting creative. And then to have someone, an artist, show up and talk about why discipline matters for creativity. Yeah. So kind of that same idea of the artist's rule, um, that in order to cultivate creativity within us, we have to have a framework and a disciplined approach it is a spiritual practice. And just like any spiritual practice, we're not going to go anywhere without exercising that muscle regularly and building it up. Discipline is a scary word for a lot of people to hear. And it's a scary word for a lot of people who are artistic or consider themselves creative to hear because they do seem to be so mutually exclusive. But that's something that Stephen Pressfield talks about as well. It's a common theme that I've seen with folks who have really connected spirituality and creativity in their craft, that showing up every day, consistency is absolutely the key. Yeah. It's so really wonderful. Doing it even when we don't feel like it, which is basically what we try to do with our faith is live by values instead of by what we feel like that day. Yes. And creativity and a creative path requires that same thing of us. It carves a whole new pathway for God to move through you. And mm. I think those parts that are stuck and resistant, the things that we allow to convince ourselves of, man, we're just not, I'm not going to do it today. I'm not going to write today. I'm not going to code today. I'm not going to go work in my garden today. I'm not going to go to worship today. I'm not going to do these things today. When we're able to do despite those places, I think that's when God really shows up and does some transformative work through us. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that creativity, like the other practices we've been talking about, brings us into attentiveness, which deepens our ability to connect with God, to notice that God is present around us, within us, within the world. Um, Speaking of transformation, there's been research done um, on the relationship between spirituality and creativity and transforming people's mental health and coping behaviors and also in healing fractured divides. So one of the publications is about artists in Northern Ireland where the troubles were, right? Where Catholics and Protestants have a history of violent behavior toward one another and there's a lot of division. And there was this um, 10 year study done about artists in this area. So creative expression plus spirituality, not as a belief, but as a way of life, led to renewed hope, better self-esteem, more meaning-making, and ultimately more resilience. There's a similar study done um, about women in South Africa. 
that art and spirituality, when used together, when seen as one and the same thing, they really do become a path of healing from trauma and from grief. Wow, that's amazing. As you were talking, I was thinking about how spirituality and creativity meet in experience. So we started this whole series talking about how we were going to call it contemplative spirituality, but kind of moved in a different direction for reasons we've already explained in the first episode, which you should totally listen to if you haven't already. (laughs) But shameless plug, shameless plug, contemplative spirituality really is the spirituality of experience. And what better way to engage with your experience than with creativity and then see what happens. These new and unexpected things like the healing of traumas or the healing of deep cultural divides. It's so possible in so many different expressions. We just, it's awesome. So let's talk about some of those expressions. Let's talk about practices. What are the practices that you have either seen or participated in that we can try on this week as a way to care for our souls? So if anyone ever asks me a similar question, what could I do? What creative expression could I try out? I always point him to the artist way first. You and I both mentioned it, and I think it's been really formative for us. Uh, her practice in there is called morning pages. It's three free form pages, first thing in the morning, right after you wake up, probably before your coffee. Pages of writing. Pages of writing. And you don't self-edit. You don't uh, try and make it perfect. You just write whatever comes to mind, even if it's literally... I don't want to do this over and over and over again. If you want to experience breakthrough, healing, and insight, that's an incredible practice and it's a good start. And you will realize that anyone can be a writer. Writing makes you a writer, not the quality of the product. Mm. Uh, For our tradition, I really love Lectio Divina, imagining yourself in the stories of scripture. It's a beautifully creative prayer act, chanting and singing psalms or other scriptures or even just the hymns that we sing together beautiful uh, way to connect with god and express i love playing the drums i love cooking i love gardening um, uh, designing web things uh, going to live shows i mean there's just so much out there and this has been a theme almost every episode you don't really have to add a whole lot you're probably already doing a lot of very creative things you just weren't going to a visual arts school or maybe even aware that in the process you could use it as an opportunity to connect with God. Intention is everything. I've seen that in contemplative spirituality over and over again, that the intention to be close to God is what's more important than the thing that you're physically doing. So creativity with intention, that's my spiel. Yeah. I also wrote down morning pages, Julia Cameron's idea Um, about writing three pages each morning because I think for anyone that's like I have no idea how to be creative and I have some time on my hands like that's a such a wonderful practice to try even just for a week I mean she challenges you to do it for 12 weeks but it does open up some of the stuff in us some of that gunky stuff that gets stuck because we just didn't have a place to put it or say it or whatever And it feels, for me at least, it felt like it so opened up my communication with God because it gave me this other place to dump all the other crap that normally is kind of spinning around in my brain. And it's the act of handwriting Mm. that really seems to do the trick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I also think of daily doodles, right? I've been on this um, journey to try to post a doodle for 30 days. It's now been like 45 days and I'm on day 29. So I'm a little bit behind. So close. But I think just doodling, like that's not a fancy art. It can be as fancy as you want it to be. That's a beautiful place where I encounter God. I think of yoga and dance, the ways that we move our bodies as being creative, the movements that we put together. Um, I love collage, you know, that I love to sit down and cut out magazines and come up with vision boards. Yeah, I love that stuff. You know, every episode is an opportunity for people to see how much of a grump I am. (laughs) And when you first introduced the idea of the vision board to me, I was pretty skeptical. But then you made a vision board and I was like, man, that's beautiful. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. So I love putting beautiful things together and finding beauty in the world. Um, I also thought of Gregorian chant. I thought about Judy and all of her constant crocheting that, you know, in every staff meeting, there she is with her needles doing what she does. I thought of my aunt who was a potter. She wasn't like a crazy, amazing potter, but she made some beautiful pieces. And I know that was her holy place. Like that was her sanctuary. And she put herself into what she created, which I think is such a good parallel for us remembering that God put God's self in us when God created us. Yes. Um, But yeah, I name all of those just to say, I think there are so many paths to creativity and many of them that we fold into our lives that, as you said, aren't things we have to add on. Um, It really is unlimited the different ways that we can merge creativity and spirituality that we can become creative and invite God into that. So I think uh, my challenge for listeners this week is not to do one of the practices we named, but to find one thing that you normally do or one thing that you want to do more of and do that this week. Try it. See how it goes. Let us know. When we try and copy someone else and say, you know, but they're successful, they're really good, and I want to be like that, you're messy authentic self is what God loves the most. And we miss out when we don't share those parts of us with others. Absolutely. Yes. Agreed. The world needs our authentic gifts. That's what we're called to do. Julia Cameron says that creativity is God's gift to us. And using our creativity is our gift back to God. We referenced Cameron's work, The Artist Way, a number of times today. So if you're looking for a place to start, this book is a great one. You can find it on Amazon, The Artist's Way, A Spiritual Path for Higher Creativity. Thank you for listening today for this fourth episode of Soul Care for this conversation about spirituality and creativity and how we can nourish our creativity. I hope you're able to find ways in the coming week, small and large, to use your creativity to give back to God, to connect to God, to connect with the divinity that lives within you. As always, thank you to my amazing husband, JJ Vega, who's been joining me for these conversations. And special thanks to Ryan Corbett for our fabulous music. You can look for more information about the Soul Care Project at tbcrichmond.org soul hyphen care and be on the lookout on Tabernacle's Facebook page in the coming week 
for posts and creative ideas about connecting with your creativity and with God. See you there.